Praise the Lamb of God, this is DK Grooms, that's rock solid truth, and I just want to say good morning to each and every one of you. I want to welcome each and every one of you from all over the world, amen, there are friends that are part of the ministry of rock solid truth. What a glorious morning that it is today. I praise the Lord that you are worshiping Him, exalting in Him, magnifying Him, and thanking Him for all that He has done for you, thanking Him for your healing, thanking him for salvation, thanking him for walking you through, for this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Praise the Lamb of God. How it is wonderful to be with you today. Amen. India, Africa, Pakistan, Jamaica, uh, Costa Rica. Praise the Lamb of God. All of these places that I have been, I want to thank you for tuning in today, and we want to thank you and bless you. We call you blessed. This morning I'm going to be using Second Peter chapter 1 verse 1 as our focal point in scripture. This is Peter speaking. Amen. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 1. If you don't have your Bibles, if you'll please go get them very quickly so that you can read along with us. Amen. If you don't have your Bible, it's like going to a gunfight without a gun. Amen. Praise the Lamb of God. So run and get your Bibles very quickly. Amen. So that we can begin. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 1. Simon Peter, a servant of an apostle of Jesus Christ, to whom that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father, thank you today for your word. Thank you for the revelation that you have given to us, and thank you for your awesomeness, Lord. I would ask you, Lord, I humble myself and I stand in a platform that you have given me, Lord, to preach your word and to bring your precious truth to those who desire to hear and to those that desire to see. I ask you now, Lord, to touch every individual that's listening. Let them not depart, amen, from hearing this word, and let them go forth in the victory and in the power of that which you have provided and given to us. We'll give you all the praise in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ and all of God's people said, amen and amen. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. How does faith come? Good question. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, as stated in Romans 10, 17. Now hear me very, very clearly. Faith does not come by you reading the Bible. I'll say that again. Faith does not come by you reading the Bible the Bible. Powerful word. Amen. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. It says in John 6, verse 63, it says that his word is spirit, and they are life. If his spirit is word, if his spirit is, his words are spirit, and they are life, and they are, then we as children of God must hear with our spiritual ears instead of our physical ears. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God through our spiritual world. Now, follow me very quickly. Faith is a byproduct of what you're thinking. Now, that sounds confusing, but just think about it for a moment. 
if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, and if it's heard by your spiritual ears, then faith is a byproduct of what you're thinking concerning the word of God. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 1, we just, we, we just quoted it. Simon Peter, a servant of an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained precious-like faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord. Now we've come to understand through the word of God that grace and peace is multiplied through, is multiplied to you through the knowledge that you have of God and Jesus our Lord. What a powerful word. Grace and peace is multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ that you have. What a powerful word. Doesn't come through prayer. Doesn't come through fasting. Doesn't come through any of those things. Grace and peace is multiplied unto you through the knowledge that you have of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. This scripture is telling us something very powerful. And that is that everything pertaining to life and godliness comes through your knowledge of him. So if everything pertaining to life and godliness is directly related to knowledge of him, then your faith is a byproduct of the knowledge that you have concerning him. Now, allow me to go one step further. Any problem that you might have in your life is a problem that is directly tied to the knowledge that you have of him including the revelation of your understanding or your comprehending of the love that he has for you, even to the breadth, length, depth, and height, as stated in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. When you have the knowledge of him in the area of your problem, then the problem, then the, then the problem that you have, and you have that knowledge, then you have all life and godliness concerning that problem. Let me say it again. When you have the knowledge of him in the area of your problem, then the knowledge that you have of him brings all things pertaining to life and godliness in that area. Powerful word. Look at Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. You are what you think. You are not what you eat. You are what you think. The way that you think is the way that you're going to go. The things that you follow will be the things that you're thinking of. Boy, that is powerful. Give me your undivided attention. The things that you follow will be the things that you think about. The way that you think is the way that you're going to go. Look at Isaiah 26, verse 3. Isaiah 26, verse 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. 
Need to read it one more time. Isaiah 26, 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. I remember so clearly when the Lord spoke to me and he told me that if I was to keep my mind on him, that I would have perfect peace. That was about three weeks before my wife died. And I will tell you that during that time, and even at her death, I had perfect peace. It's not that I didn't miss her. It's not that I didn't love her. It's not that I didn't miss her, because I did. But I had perfect peace, because I kept my mind on him instead of on me and what I was going through. I didn't think on the funeral. I didn't think on missing her. I didn't think on the empty house when I come home. I didn't think about none of those things. I only thought about where she was with my Lord and Savior. I only thought about how happy she is. I only thought about how glorious it is for her. She's in no more pain. I didn't think about myself. I thought about my Lord. Because he said, if I will keep my mind stayed on him, I would have perfect peace. And I did. So what are you saying, Pastor? Are you saying you didn't have a grieving period? I'm saying that my grieving period was far different than what the world gives or what the world talks about grieving. My grieving period was uh, rejoicing in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ because and thanking him for the time that I had with her, 43 years of marriage. Thanking him and praising him for that time that I had with her. And my grieving period was very, very short because I was rejoicing in the fact that he had allowed me to have her. He had allowed me to spend time with her. He had allowed me to give my life to taking care of her. And it all resulted in this. God has, God has not done anything bad to me, ever, ever. There have been a lot of things that the devil has done to me, but God has never done anything, nothing bad has ever happened to me because I have praised and worshipped the Lord. Glory to God. You see, your emotions are controlled by what you think. I need to say that again. Your emotions are controlled by what you think. Those who walk in perfect peace are those whose mind is stayed upon the Lord because of what? Because they trust in Him. Perfect peace in your life is all about what you are thinking. What a powerful word. Perfect peace in your life is all about what you are thinking. Everything in your life goes back to what you think. And what you think either releases faith or it hinders faith. I'll say that again. Everything in your life goes back to what you think. And what you think either releases faith or it hinders faith. If you're not seeing the manifestation of faith in your life, it's because something's wrong with your thinking. Something is wrong with your thinking. You need to get to the place where you change your thinking. 
you need to start thinking about all of those things of good report and all of those things that are lovely and all of those things that are good because we serve a God who is good, a covenant God who only is good, who only is love. That's the kind of a God that we serve. I know I've heard many people say, God, don't you understand what I'm going through? Don't you see what I'm going through? Where are you? He's right where he's always been in your heart. It's just that you're distracted by the things that are going around you and to you, and you've lost focus of that which is inside of you, which is him. Because if you will change your thinking to the word of God, then the power of God will manifest itself through you. Look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh within us. Notice the word. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above. Above anything that you can ask, above anything that you can think, exceedingly abundantly above all of that. But you know what? It's all about according to the power that worketh within you. It's not that you don't have any power, because you've got that dunamis resurrection power living inside of you. The problem is, is whether it's stirred up, whether it's actified, and whether it's working inside of you. And you know, that's all dependent on your healing, on your prosperity. It all depends on all of those things simply because what kind of faith, what kind of power that has been given to you through the Lord Jesus Christ is working inside of you. Luke chapter 9 verses 1. And he called his disciples together and gave them power and authority over every devil and over every disease. That power has been given to the church. You are the church. But how's it working? How's it working? Is it working in you abundantly, exceedingly, gloriously, walking by faith? Which brings me to the next scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. For we walk by faith. Not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. I remember many, many years ago when me and a partner of mine, we were sitting at breakfast and all of a sudden it just came up and we start talking about faith. And I said, you know what? I don't know what's going to take place, but I want to walk the rest of my life by faith. He looked at me and he said, you know what? I do too. I want to walk by faith as well. That was many, many, many years ago. And through all of these years, that's exactly what has happened. We have walked by faith. It has been gloriously. It has been wonderful. But I will tell you, it's not always been easy. Because walking by faith is not easy. It just makes those things which seem impossible 
possible. Walking by faith, it's a hard place. Because walking by faith demands that you don't walk by sight. You don't walk by things that you hear. You don't walk by things that other people are saying. You don't even walk by the things that your families say. You walk by faith according to what thus saith the Lord. It's a hard place. It brings you to many hard decisions that you have to make. But when it comes down to it, when you see it, when you walk in it, when you follow it, when you know who you are following, the Lord Jesus Christ, then that decision is an easy decision. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed we shall not be found naked. For we are, for we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened. Not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up in life. Now he that hath brought us for the self-same thing is God. He we, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Now look at verse 6. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Listen to Paul. Therefore, we are always confident of the heavenly body that has been prepared for us. And then he makes this tremendous statement. For we walk by faith, not by sight. You see, he's speaking about revelation. Revelation that cannot be proved in a physical way or a natural way. It's only a validation. It can only be seen in the unseen realm. Only faith can be seen in the unseen realm. You see, the Christian life can be characterized by one simple revelation. Faith. Faith concerning healing. Faith concerning life. Faith concerning prosperity. Faith concerning deliverance, faith concerning walking by faith, faith concerning every aspect of life. Faith. Because that's what the Christian life is all about. Walking by faith, not by sight. It's not about that which is physical, even though we are in a physical body. It's not about that which is tangible. It's not even about that which can be proved. God cannot be proved in a test tube. Healings cannot be proved in a test tube. Deliverances cannot be proved in a test tube. Being filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues cannot be proved in a test tube. You know, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that God can't be validated. 
I'm not saying that Christians are relying upon a senseless, meaningless assumption that God is real. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am telling you is that God does not need to prove to the world that he's real. God does not need to prove that his faith that pleases God. Look at Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. But without faith it is impossible to please him. That is a powerful, powerful statement. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You see, you must believe that he is without seeing that he is. What? I said you must believe that he is without seeing that he is. You must believe that he is a rewarder of those who believe that he is, even though they can't see that he is. Powerful word. And it all comes down to what you think. It all comes down to the word of God. It all comes down to whether you're thinking in the physical, in the flesh, or whether you're thinking in the word of God concerning faith. Look at John chapter 11, verse 17. John 11 17. This is about Lazarus and Jesus Christ raising Lazarus. And I'm going to be reading a lengthy thing here. I'm going to be reading to 17. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had, he had lain in the grave four days already. Four days Lazarus has laid in the grave. Four days he's decomposing. Four days he's stinking. Four days. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about fifteen furloughs off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary still sat in the house. Look at verse 30. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with her in the house and comforted her, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, following her, saying, She goeth to the grave to weep there. And when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Why was he troubled? Because of their unbelief. Because their eyes were focused on that, that their brother was dead, that their friend was dead. That's why he was troubled. The healer, Yahweh Rapha, is standing in their midst. The healer. And the words are, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Lord, if you'd been here, we would not be, we would not be grieving at this point. Lord, if you would have been here, and Jesus groaned. He groaned. 
And he said, where have you laid him? And they said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, behold how he loved them. And some of them said, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to a grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, take ye away the stone. Martha the sister of him that was dead saith unto him, Lord, by this time he's stinking, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Let me tell you what should have happened at that graveside, at that grave. The minute that they seen Jesus, they should have been rejoicing, jumping up and down, their hands up in the air, because the healer has come on the scene, and death will not have his part. That resurrection glory shall take place in the land, in the child of this man of God. That's what it should have been happened. Take away the stone. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. That's faith working. That's faith working. Jesus is a faith God. God the Father is a faith God. Everything that exists in this world exists because they spoke the word. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that thou hearest me always. Ask yourself that question, child. Do you believe that God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Ghost always hears you? I guarantee you they do if you speak it. If you speak it, speak to the mountain. Speak to the disease. Speak to the devil. Speak to the cancer. Speak to the diabetes. Speak to the disease. Speak to it. And the word of God tells you that the mountain will be removed if you have faith believing what you pray for. What a powerful word. I thank you, Father, that you have heard me always. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus said unto him, unto them, Loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. Many of the people that were there believed on him. But watch this next verse. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. He said it with a bold voice. He spoke to the mountain. It moved. Not only did Jesus resurrect Lazarus, 
from the dead. But he transported him from the place that he laid in that tomb to the mouth of that tomb when he was bound hand and foot. Lazarus couldn't walk. He couldn't shuffle. He was bound from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. He was bound. He could not move. And Jesus transported him from where he lay to the front of the tomb. And the word of God says that many believed. But some went their way and related to the Pharisees the things that Jesus had done. So let's deal with this. Let's touch on it because it speaks today of the world that we live in and of the church that we go to. Why would some believe and some not believe? Why would some believe and some not believe? Every one of them seen. They all seen the stone removed. They all seen Lazarus standing in his grave clothes, bound hand and foot. They all saw him at the entrance to the tomb. Why is it that some would believe and others were not? Why do some believe today in the church and others do not? Why will not some believe until they come to a place like Thomas and say, unless I see and place my hand in the print of his nails and thrust my hand to his side, I will not believe. What is it that separates those who believe and those who don't believe? I'll tell you what it is that separates those two. The thing that separates the two is the choice that they make in their thinking. Because some are thinking according to the flesh instead of thinking according to faith. To walk according to that which is flesh or walk according to that which is faith. Here is reality. Faith is a very, very important part of our relationship with God. And flesh, is a, and flesh is a very important part that hinders our relationship with God. Yeah, I need to say it again. Faith is a very important part of our relationship with God. And flesh is a very important part that hinders our relationship with God. In order to walk in the type of faith that the Word of God advocates, you must change your thinking. In order for you to be able to function according to the Word of God. What is our scripture about today? Obtaining like precious faith. It's not difficult. If you will hear with your spiritual ears what the Word of God has to say and then become a doer of that which you hear. 
Look at James chapter 1, verse 25. But whoso looketh on the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein. The perfect law of liberty and continues. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. What a powerful word. What a powerful word. I pray that each and every one of you this morning that is listening, amen, shall find comfort, not only comfort, but a challenge to change your way of thinking. And the only way that you can change your way of thinking is for you to change your heart and begin to think according to what thus saith the Lord instead of what thus saith me. According to the word of God. I pray that you have a wonderful day today. If any of you that are watching are not born again, let me encourage you. Now, let, let me pray with you right now. Amen. And if you'll believe these words, if you'll say them with your heart, the Lord Jesus Christ will save you exactly where you're at. Let us pray. Jesus, I come to you today and I thank you for bringing me to this place to hear the word of God that this man is speaking. I feel within my spirit, I feel within me that I need a savior. I am a sinner. I need a savior. And I believe with all of my heart that you will save me if I ask you. And right now in your precious and holy name, I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. I give my life to you. Direct me and guide me and lead me in the paths of your righteousness. That I shall walk in thy glory and I thank you for my salvation today. If you said that prayer and you believe it, angels in heaven are rejoicing. Amen. The great love that he had, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. If you have said that prayer today, amen, call our website, www.rocksolidtruth.com and let us know. We want to know that you have walked into salvation. Amen. And we call you blessed today. Hallelujah. This is D.K. Grooms with Rock Solid Truth. And I guarantee you this, that if you go with God, he will certainly go with you. Amen.